Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Apes raining on a busted earth. Those astronauts should expect the worst. Chimps with horses on a nuke scorched earth. Ooh, planet of the f***ing apes. <laughs> Wonderful. There you that's go. so good. And the Emmy uh, goes to... <laughs> that reminds me of a song that uh, Tim, friend of the show Tim... Uh, sang years ago I've always had stuck in my head which is it's Jurassic Park there are dinosaurs and Jeff Goldblum's here as well (laughs) (laughs) do you know I I nearly got beaten up at university um, because the college football team came into the bar and they were having like a big lads night and were being incredibly obnoxious and very just generally sort of macho. And like they were roaring so hard, it was hard to have a conversation in there. And me and a couple of mates got very, very pissed. And they were the Pembroke College football team. So we just started singing Pembroke football team, Pembroke football team <laughs> to the Jurassic Park team at the top of our lungs. And we wouldn't stop. Until they were very seriously going to attack us. <laughs> I think they'd be into that. No, no, because... Uh, it's quite heroic sounding. Yeah, but, it, it, you know, I don't think it was cool to like Jurassic Park at, at the time. <laughs> so it was just chanting their name over and over again <laughs> to a 90s cool? action adventure film. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to episode 182 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. This is episode 182, the best eggs in game special. Uh, my name is Alice Bell, and I'm joined this week, John Cadbury. Hello, the founder of Cadbury's in uh, the 1800s, I believe. My, my goodness. How exciting. You believe? Are you not sure? Oh, well, it's, it, I'm a ghost now, and it was a long time ago. So, you know, just roll with it. Uh, and also Benedict Eggs. Inventor of the egg. <laughs> You're a bloody liar. A bloody legend, I think you mean. Oh, no. I, got... I've invented more eggs, and you've had hot omelettes, Mr. Cadbury. <laughs> We've got beef. <laughs> ghost beef. No, you're, you're mistaken. We've got eggs. Oh no! <laughs> Do you? What's your opinion on eggs, Matthew? I don't know if. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, quite, I quite like them. Yeah. Okay. You know, in their, yeah. their various forms. I love a scrambled egg. Fried egg. I don't care for just a uh, like a boiled egg. Oh, I can't bear them either. It's a shame because I find the concept of boiled eggs deliriously funny. Yeah, I like to say the word a lot. You will know that if if you know me in any capacity, uh, but I, I don't I don't like to ingest the things. Can't be doing with them. They're one of the few foods I will refuse. Yeah, no, I hundred percent. I I basically only like egg if it's been smashed up. So I love an omelet or a frittata or scramblers, but do not like a fried. I don't like an egg if I can still separate the the white from the yolk. So I don't like fried or boiled, which is a shame, as you say, because no boiled egg is objectively the the funniest form of an egg. <laughs> it's just hilarious, apart from oh, potentially scotch that. eggs are funnier. What do you yeah. mean you don't know about that? Well, scotch eggs, what about egg on your face? But that's, that's not a way you can eat an egg. That's well, an it egg. is, <laughs> I and mean, you shouldn't, but it, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But we, if someone smashes about... an egg on your face and says egg on your face, you can then one-up them <laughs> by eating the egg off your face and going, free egg on my face. Jokes Are you going to reveal this as another like really distressing element of your childhood? No, I'm just saying, like, because everyone's like, aha, and you're like, you can really turn it around and be like, no, egg on your face. Uh, would... You just gave me a free egg, sucker. That would actually, I think, yeah, probably change the the tone of the interaction quite a lot, wouldn't it? <laughs> but then I might be sick from it, from licking up all the raw egg, and then it would be egg <laughs> on my face again. So, yeah. <laughs> if you if you threw an egg at someone and then they licked the raw egg off their face and then almost immediately sicked up the egg again, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd really be like, them, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd be like, that's not a person to mess with. It's like it's like the idea that if someone's squaring up to you to start a fight, you should like square up but say something like really f***ed up to them and then they'll get scared. And won't oh, I, like, I, I came up with one of these uh, years ago, like a desperation move. If you think you're about to die, like say at the hands of the Pembroke football team. Yeah. Like it's a move called Apocalypse where you just look at them like with a completely blank expression and then you like you put your lips between your teeth and stare really hard at them and bite off your own lips and then go <laughs> and like it's a move you only really want to do once and you'd have to have your lips sewn back on afterwards but mm. that, you know no one would mess with you I, I think if I was ever in trouble or like someone was about to mess with me I would genuinely pretend to be an off-duty policeman I think that <laughs> oh that's what I would do I'd be like listen you can beat me up, but I am an off-duty policeman, and like there will be, like, you'll have the full like wrath of me and my my cop friends nothing, later. Nothing of that sentence would convince me you're an off-duty policeman. Why not? Like they just look like you or I when they're off duty. <laughs> if someone said to me, "Listen, I'm an off-duty policeman, and you will have the full wrath of my." I say, listen, you're about to make a big mistake. <laughs> I am an off-duty policeman, and I don't want to have the paperwork of having to do some arrests. <laughs> this is like the worst improv class. <laughs> Would you also add in some, you know, some sort of colour phrases like, hello, 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 and what's well, all this then? No, you know, I might throw in some, like, fake, like, law codes, like you're about to break <laughs> law 17, wow. which is don't punch a policeman. I mean, it is an actual law. <laughs> well, that's what I'm gambling on, that they don't know and that they fear slash respect the police. We should look up what law number 17 on the books actually oh. is <laughs> and see see what you do. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a biggie because it, that early on in the laws, you you probably start with the big ones first. You're I like, don't think law one, let's not do any murder. murders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Um, not uh, to be but, killing is the first law <laughs> well that's how i would design the law i would start with like what's the stuff we want to stop people doing immediately and that is well, like killing honestly like the history of murder is actually really interesting as a legal concept i've got a book called murder the biography and actually our definition of murder has been basically the same there have been a few little addendums tacked on the stuff since like the 1600s or something it's amazing mm. um, this is really funny if i was inventing books that you owned in like a comedy roast on your 50th birthday i would come up with murder the biography <laughs> <laughs> i've got genuinely one of my metrics now for buying books is like how weird would this make me look if if it was the, it was on my bookshelf in a zoom call so i've got murder the biography i've got um uh, one about poisons. I can't remember what exactly. The, and then I've got like murder isn't easy. Loads of murder books. It's great. Um, poison Pete's got the poison book. Probably. Yes, I bet he does actually. Yeah. Uh, but we're burying the lead a little bit because Matthew has some exciting news to share that I'm anxious to grill him on. So oh. Matthew, what what happened last night? What happened last night was we were sitting inside and I heard some kind of chaos outside. And I thought it was the, the t some teenage lads playing football on our road again. So I went outside to tell them off because that's what I do. And yeah, okay, so could, I want to pause, first of all, sidebar. I love that you are anxious about like talking to builders about getting cones 
but you will stride out to shout at teenagers. That's because builders are, builders are strong and you know, they're hardy. <laughs> they've had like a lot of, you know, they've been carrying bricks for like 20 years, so they're like big. Teenagers, they're basically, they're, they're, they're weak, aren't they? They've got like... They're famously feeble, yeah, made of glass. Because <laughs> they've only been, dri- they've been, dri- they've got terrible diets. They just eat quavers and so their bones are all, fr- you know, very, very weak. Well, I have to um, pots and kettles there, surely, but... Uh, well, yeah. Car- yeah. Carry on. Anyway, so I went outside <laughs> fully expecting... <laughs> I went outside fully expecting to tell off two teenagers, only to see a car literally in flames on our road. (laughs) And a a car parked down, we've got like a parking opposite our house, which is where I tried to put those traffic cones once. And um, Yeah. yeah, it was like just a huge inferno setting a light to the 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 railway siding at the same time. It was a proper big... Blimey. Oh, my God. And then it, it, like, I say it exploded. In the films, a car exploding is really exciting. In real life, it explode. It's it's much smaller, the explosion. But it definitely yeah. went bang as, like, all the fuel ignited or whatever and kind of went up a sort of, you know, an even bigger fireball. Yeah, it was, it was chaos. It was a very mysterious car as well. Because th- there's been a car parked in our road for a, a, f- a few days, and it's had it had its windows smashed in. And me and Catherine were like, "Oh, that's very odd. Like, why is there this shady car parked in the? Because it was like the the space you can only park for two hours max. But it'd been there for like five days without, uh, yeah, with its windows smashed in, and yeah, it got torched. I don't know oh. if someone just chucked a lighter into it or something, or our next door neighbour was theorising that it was like some kind of insurance write off scam. Oh, um, I love this. I love what this. What if this is some sort of long bomb, like, psyop against you by that Olympic swimmer guy? <laughs> well, Sadly, it, it wasn't his car. If this is, Well, we've only got your word for that, Matthew. We don't know. It, this could be the culmination of Matthew's beef. Maybe Matthew is the, the arsonist. Yeah, now is not a great time to have had a, a series of podcasts where I'm on record talking about how much I want to destroy one of the cars opposite our houses. Um, yeah. yeah. So what happened then? Did you call the police? Well, the, the, the lads had called the police. Side oh, mode, well, I think there's a chance that it may have been the lads who set it on fire. But I don't want to point fingers. I just found it very suspicious that these two little lads, like maybe like nine or ten, like scamps, I would describe them as rascals. They were Is like Is that like the Pokemon evolution of <laughs> yeah. like lads? Or no, yeah. I guess they'd be the thing before, wouldn't they? Yeah. So you start you start with Lad, scamps and, and then scamp, it evolves. And then hooligan. Um okay. and like they don't live on our road. like there's only three houses on a road not many people live on it so it was a little bit suspicious they happened to be on our road when this car went up on fire and they were very excited excited by it as well um but they called the fire brigade um so they obviously had like a, a fair amount of like you know good uh community spirit or whatever um, i don't know i think a child being excited by an explosion wouldn't come under suspicious behavior for me, yeah, it's just that I, they were there. Was, I could see, like, I could well, see, like, pretty my ten-year-old self. If I saw a car with a window open at night, like, it may have passed through my head. We could set that on fire. <laughs> 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 like, I don't know. I, it's not in the realms of impossibility that it was them. Um, so those are the, the two leading theories are it was insurance arson from our neighbour and me thinking it was these boys, but that's mainly because I'm just suspicious of rascals. Yeah, and there was a big fire and then uh, the fire brigades came along, put it out, luckily before it got too severe and like burnt down exploded. the local business. That it was- <laughs> <laughs> before it got too severe and exploded. Well, <laughs> before it set fire to, to like... When I say too severe, I, I selfishly basically mean till it set fire to the rest of the train, uh, the bushes, and then it came down and burnt our car. So that's that's what I was judging. <laughs> a big success for our car not also burning. Um, <laughs> so I thank the fire brigade for that. And Did- then they kind of questioned they questioned us about it, which is when we went in. We all went into like full, uh, like gawking kind of rubber necking. Uh, LA Noir NPC mode where we were just there going, Oh, it was, oh, you, you got here just in time. We kept saying, Oh, you got here just in time, which is such a f-ing dumb thing to say. And we offered our theories about how shady this car looked. It did look shady. There was something off about that car. So I'm kind of glad that it's been burnt. To be did honest. it have a little goatee? It just, 
it was quite a nice car to have its window smashed in and they parked it at like the shadiest parking spot in our road uh, which is no longer the shadiest parking spot because it burnt most of the tree down that made it shady oh you meant literally (laughs) oh yeah literally shady like they if you were trying to hide a car in a dark shadow on our road they parked it in the one place you can do that interesting yeah so Catherine went like so the other funny funny thing about this was like our two very different reactions to this I was really cross because my phone ran out of battery just before it happened and so I didn't get any photos or video and I was just like god this would have been such a good tweet (laughs) and Catherine went like full detective mode where she was trying to like work based on the timeline of the tv episode we were watching exactly when it set on fire so that she could tell the police Uh, (laughs) So we were like scrubbing back through an episode of Pachinko, <laughs> trying to work out like when we first heard the noise. She heard the noise before I did, um, and I ignored it. So Lorco's giving you dragon sickness, mate. <laughs> I, yeah, but an actual explosion. It's like who wouldn't want that to see that on Twitter? I've got to tweet it. <laughs> well, not a lot. Of it. Do I'm not letting any of you into my fortress. <laughs> Nothing exciting happens to me. A car exploding is like probably the most exciting thing I will ever be near in my life. I <laughs> I love Catherine's reaction because I do that. If I wake up in the night and hear like a noise or if I hear a weird noise during the day, I always look at the time in case I will be needed. Oh, in case to... it is a murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was our exploding car story. That's a very good story, Matthew. I'm trying to think of how we could link. A... It's a great story, I haven't said Matthew. what I've done yet. Oh, yeah. What have you done, Nate? I set fire oh, to a car in Bath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that <would laughs> oh, this is going to sound really boasty now, um, but it's it's been, it's quite a huge thing in my life. I, I went to a leasing conference in Ukraine in 2002. 12 to speak about asset finance because that was the dark world I lived in then and amazingly the lady who organized the conference kept my number and called me a a while ago asking if she could come and live with us because she was having to flee Kiev oh wow and and she's coming here tomorrow so uh, and she's got a massive white Alsatian called Juicy (laughs) <laughs> that I am absolutely in love with before even... I've only met it on a video call, but it's the nicest dog. Yeah. Ma- I've had to Will- dismantle my aquarium room for her to live in, though. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, good for you. Are you worried about there being conflicts between Juicy and Turkey Boy? No, the dog's lived with a lot of cats, and Turkey Boy has... He's very old now. He's He's about to turn 15, and... He's just become immensely relaxed, like, you know, just almost nihilistic in <laughs> in in his sort of composure. Turkey like boy when, senses the end. <laughs> when we oh no, don't, don't. We took him to the vet. He's fine. Um <laughs> when when we had those awful chicks, we thought he was gonna go berserk, but he just sort of stared at them in sort of faint disgust for about a minute and a half and then walked off and never regarded them again so i'm hoping i'm hoping it's going to be okay and you know how how could anything go wrong with a dog called juicy uh, true what good so, for you nate so yeah i'm quite nervous it? about it but was there a, a lot of did you have to do any government wrangling or was it all all right yeah um because this happened like quite early on in the invasion and there wasn't really a process in place so I think we were actually the test case for a bunch of stuff and we were sort of working with our MP and all sorts because like up until that point it, it the like it mostly been like families and stuff. Uh so it was really weird like I was completely hopeless at all of that of course but Ashley really really likes beating the government at admin. Hi. Uh so she yeah she battered it while I dismantled wow. all the aquariums. Good good team effort. Good work. Oh, it's very well, decent of you. Yeah, I hope it goes well. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully there'll be some some fun, some juicy content. <laughs> <laughs> We'd best move on because we'll run out of time to talk about the best eggs in games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, heaven forbid. <laughs> well, I've brought a big list of eggs. 
this is going to be because we did best Easter eggs or our favorite Easter eggs a while ago. I think last year, in fact, and I thought it'd be good to do a part two. So whoa, there! Go- you say well, Easter eggs? Yeah, like with two G's. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant eggs with one G. So I've just, I just exhaustively went through my Steam library, cataloging every <laughs> instance of the game with an egg in it, and I was just gonna. So ah. so you've you've done eggs, yes. like eggs, eggs. Okay, I can't yeah. think of a single game with an egg in it. I can barely think of a game that doesn't. What about that one, Matthew, with the hen? Egg is broken, heart is too. Oh, okay, yeah, that has an egg in it. That's good. Well, what? Okay. Um, I'm desperately racking my mind now to see if any of them could remotely be called hidden. Uh, okay, well, what have you... Have you got... <laughs> oh, no. Have I got um, eggs for you? Okay. Well, give us some eggs, Nate. Why not? Okay. So, Let's... Can we... Okay, right. Let's go to the big list of eggs. So... How... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, a lot of these I can probably skip because it's just like where you can have an egg in your inventory. Um, this is very, like, I feel like this is the most effort you've put in. <laughs> it's the only effort I've ever put in. <laughs> it was going to be a big bit. I was going to reel off loads of eggs. Um, okay, the last egg I touched in a game... <laughs> Um, was Bran's epic egg in Hearthstone's Battlegrounds mode. Uh, okay. Which is... oh, Trying to describe anything that happens in Hearthstone is like trying to narrate a fever dream. But in, in the Battlegrounds mode, each hero you can play as has a buddy who appears after you kill a certain number of things, like a hallucination yeah. reminding you of your guilt. Um, <laughs> Bran... Bronzebeard, I think, is a dwarf who has, like all blizzard dwarves, a bad Scottish accent, and his whole thing is making things happen twice. Um, And when when the egg is your friend, it's called Bran's Epic Egg, which feels a bit Mr. Beast Epic when to me. Um, (laughs) But when it bursts, you get two creatures who do a thing when they come into play. And of course, Bran makes the thing happen twice. So it's it's an egg that generates exceedingly good value. Wow. That's so, so ashamed of playing Hearthstone. Yeah, you shouldn't. It's good. It's good. It's a rotten sport. That's good egg content. That sounds what? like a... Because the most depressing thing with like real chocolate Easter eggs is the... You know when it's branded with a certain sweet bar, and you and you don't get much of it. You know it's like yeah. a, it's a milk buttons egg, and you only get a tiny amount of milk buttons in it. So the idea of an egg that really delivers on the the bonus content, it's very satisfying. That's oh yeah, don't true. don't get me wrong. That egg makes me happy every time it shows up. It's good lads. I I asked for when I was a kid. I asked for the cream egg egg every year. Because every year I hoped that it, the the Easter egg would be yeah full of like a giant cream I, egg. It I don't think like you'd a... actually want that though. That would be horror. That would be so awful to consume. Oh, now I'm an adult. Yeah, I know it would. No, be but even a as terrible... a child, like I can't, I can't handle a regular cream eggs amount of cream. <laughs> that is too much cream for me. Like that is, I'm a being of pure sugar, and even I'm like that's a bit much. So this idea that you'd want like. A kilogram of that cream? I just no. That, that no, that's my worst nightmare. I liked cream eggs as a child, and as a child, I did not know. I'd had no concept that you know too much of something you like can become horrible. So I just was like, oh no, a giant cream egg would be the best thing in the entire world. It's just icing. It's just uh, I don't get. Yeah. It. I do. I don't. I think the cream egg is hugely overrated, but. I, I can't wow. stand the things myself, but I'm pro a giant cream egg. So I think it's like it's like you know God putting the the tree with the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden. It's like you know you could impose a guilt based religion on every subsequent human who lives by eating this apple, or you could not. 
and left it to them to discover for themselves, you know? Uh, Actually, no, that was a terrible idea. No, there shouldn't be a giant cream egg. (laughs) Well, I mean, of all the, the breakdowns of this podcast between fun and not fun, I was not expecting you two to be on the side of no giant cream egg. If I, yeah, eat a cream, if I eat a cream egg now, it makes my legs itch. Right. <laughs> Can we do that meme of Gimli and Legolas, but it's me and Matthew. What and about Matthew, side by side with like, an egg? never thought I'd die fighting side by side with <laughs> like a maniac who likes fish. <laughs> I could be saying, yeah, what about someone who thinks a kilogram of cream egg would be excessive? I, I could imagine that. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I'll... I'll do a I'll do an Easter egg, and then okay, and then Matthew could do any, I don't know. <laughs> what? I mean, this is chaotic, could, even by our standards. I know, but I don't know if it's better <laughs> to pivot to egg now. <laughs> I'm almost tempted to pivot to egg. <laughs> we could hey, do, there's room for all sorts of eggs here. That's true. I'd have to think of like a good egg, though. Matthew, have you got? There's a there's a. In Divinity Original Sin 2, there's there's several egg-based missions. Oh, that was um, on my list, you swine. Oh, well, well you know... There's, there's enough eggs to go around. Yeah, there's enough eggs to go around. Um, you get, a f- you get like a phoenix. You get like this hot egg. <laughs> That's really sexy. It's, I don't know if it specifically says it's a phoenix egg. And... Uh, I mean, this this anecdote isn't really going anywhere, I warn you in advance, because when we were doing it for our Let's Play, we got this egg, and we were always too scared to do anything with it, because it seemed mysterious, and it seemed to hint that this egg <laughs> would be relevant later on, and so we never, ever did anything with it. I don't know if we... Can I can I guess what you were supposed to do is yeet it into a fire? I, I imagine so, I, but I, I think we wondered if you ate it, you may have got a superpower... Um, but we didn't. We didn't ever have the guts to do anything. So we just ended this game with this incredibly precious, mysterious egg. <laughs> I might have been thinking about a different egg. I was thinking about there's like a chicken egg that you have to like hatch under a Satan or something, and it turns into like a bad chicken. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. There's there's this chicken who's like all my eggs have been stolen, and then you you go and. All these like you know demony creatures have taken her eggs, and you go and kill them. And then I think if you bring the egg back, it hatches into a demon. Like you've accidentally given her a demon's egg, and then the demon kills the chickens. I again, not to lean too heavily on our let's play, we killed all the demons, saved her egg, and then uh, we accidentally ate it. Um, <laughs> that was one of our like legendary screw ups in that let's play. Uh, we ate it, and then the amazing thing was the chicken had all this like alt dialogue where she was really distraught that we'd eaten her baby. <laughs> we just didn't understand the interface in that game. I think we were trying to give her the egg. I think we may have even eaten the egg in front of her because it was like use egg or something. <laughs> oh, imagine! Yeah. Oh, you glass banger! Oh, <laughs> it had a really. I think it was called Peeper the egg. It had a cute little name like that, and um, everyone in the comments was like, "Oh, I can't believe you ate this egg! Like this, this little chicken was going to hatch and would have been your mate or whatever." But there you go. That's what happens when two idiots play Divinity Original Sin two. You ruddy bloody brutes. <laughs> uh, okay, I think I can pivot to egg. I mean that. Classic Dragon Age, but the character Solus is called an egg because he has a sort of his head is literally egg shaped. Like, is he called bald. that in game or just by the fan base? No, by the fan base. Yeah, right. that. Although, like, the game would be almost a hundred percent better if people were just <laughs> in game calling him an egg because he, yeah, he genuinely. It's not just because he's bald. It is because he's bald, and then his skull and head is shaped like an egg. Well, like and that Megamind character. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> Can you take him seriously as a villain with an egg head? Well, because you don't know he's a villain, do you know? But, but, I suppose... but, but assuming that that will be a thing going forwards... Yes, true. I think you can, kind of, probably. Right, if this guy turns up in Dragon Age 4 with a big egg head, you'll be like... Oh. 
Well, I, do you know what? I think it's more about, I, it's going to be for me more about how he's dressed because he, in a, um, in the final DLC for Inquisition, he turns up in this elven armor, which is like weirdly skin tight and makes it look like he's wearing a metal leotard. And that rendered him quite uh, unthreatening to me. I, I don't think him having an egghead would reduce his level of threat at all. I mean, if I think dignified villain, I think Dr. Robotnik. And he was a man whose sure, entire yeah. inner life revolved around eggs. And he was, I mean, talk about an august, threatening presence. <laughs> true, very true. This whole There's deal also... was very confusing. I, I was thinking about this the other day, whether it was a, a specifically 90s thing for like villains to have to have one abstract thing they were obsessed with. I can't even think of like a load of interesting examples that makes this seem remotely like a thesis. I've just got the sense, you know, no plot, just vibes. I think it, you know, because that was Robotnik's whole thing. He didn't really have a personality beyond, yeah, dude can't stop thinking about eggs for some reason. There's definitely some Saturday morning cartoon villains who are like, the the thing they're fundamentally motivated by some weird food source or something like um, yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I know like exactly what you're talking about but I also unhelpfully can't think of any examples aren't aren't you motivated by unusual food sources Matthew like Rio uh yeah that's true uh, canned Rio of course canned. Um, oh that reminds me I've I've now I'm in Ireland I've uh, tried a new fizzy drink. Uh, that is big here. Uh, it's called Club Orange, and it's basically like Fanta, uh, but it's like a local Fanta. And the demand I asked Cullum, and he reckons the demand for Club Orange in Ireland would be about the same as the demand for Fanta. So it's it's big. It's big I, in Ireland. I, I think to it's extent, delicious. It's good. And we went to KFC. There are like three KFCs in all of Cork, and they it was it was Club Orange instead of Tango, and. I thought it was all right, but the much superior drink, in my opinion, is Club Rock Shandy, which is a mix of Club Orange and Club Lemon. So it's like lemon lemon and orange in one. It's Ooh. really good. Would you consider mailing me a 10 for the good of the podcast? I mean, I could try. <laughs> I'll look into it. <laughs> I would like that. I want to try yeah. You can buy it on Amazon. Because I think after I had a can of it, I then looked it up immediately to see if I could buy it. Back in the UK. Oh wow, that's really good. good. Uh, It was tasty, yeah, yeah. It was very fruity. Club Club Rock Shandy, I think, is superior. It's really good. Um, Anyway, eggs. (laughs) Classic. There's spider eggs. They're a classic, aren't they? Like in all kind of fantasy games, you're probably gonna find like some big spiders somewhere, and they will have egg sacs. Right. Oh yeah. The ones that you get down the Ben Man holes in Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. What are those guys called who are like like Smeagles and live in the loads of tanks dogs. under the earth? In Dragon you know, Age, the guys doing like is... oh, the descent there. cosplay twenty four seven. I don't know. Like they the are in Skyrim. Or the, the the Drongos or something. Uh, what? I just... What are they? What are they called? Uh, the bad like, elves, like the nightmen, oh, or the sneakos. Uh, the, uh, oh, what are they in Skyrim? Are they the, the Dwemer, or are those? No, those no are... they're they're the sort of golden dwarf robots, um, like the Grozzle. <laughs> Not called the Grozzle. <laughs> uh, it's me, Grozzle. <laughs> the the Bungilons. Uh, but anyway, they farm loads of insects, which I thought was cool. And I'm pretty sure you can chow down on some minging eggs once you've raided their settlements. I'm really good at remembering stuff in games. What? What's the most... We, we need to get... Like, what is the most ridiculous name you think you could get into, like, a fantasy video game? Hey, like... Ooh. I mean, I've... I, I do like to sneak some odd ones into 40k. Um, so I've got form here. Uh, I It's a funny thing with fantasy names, isn't it? I reckon I could get a character called Ugmy Bug Britain. All right. When, uh, get, get work on that. 
when we we were doing a preview of a Star Wars game uh, when I was back on Then Gamer magazine, and we were interviewing the bloke about I think it was like a lightsaber fighting game, and we were asking about like what characters would or wouldn't be included, and uh, we had this totally made up one called Jinrod Dong Max. Um, <laughs> and we were like, what about Jinrod Donmax? And he was like, well, you'll have to wait and see. You know, you never know. You never know who could turn up. And it's like, yeah, that, not that one, mate. You, you freaking charlatan. Uh, <laughs> he sounds like an obsolete recording format. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> he didn't want Dong would give it away. But I just like that Like the Star Wars names are so bad that you can throw in total nonsense and people just have to assume it's right. What's the really good tweet with a bad start? It's like Blup Chateau. <laughs> I was accused instantly of ripping that off with my Blorco tweet. Bloody outrage. That, re- that really bugged me. Like, you may not like the tweet, but that was a purely original work. I had not seen that other meme. Like, the idea that I would, <laughs> I, like, I did not recycle other people's crap jokes. Yeah, there hate you go. the player, not the game. <laughs> well. I don't know, I can't remember if we talked about this before, but do you know what jazz is called in the Star Wars universe? Yes, jizz wailing. Yeah. <laughs> George Lucas says it, she's man. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? That, isn't it? <laughs> that is just... Uh, what other eggs have you got, Nate, to bring to the table? I like, uh, if we're talking about eggs, what you cook with, for some reason, if I had to I was thinking if I had like a buffet of game eggs and I had to choose, I said that really oddly, I had to choose which were most like appetizing, I'd go for the tall bird eggs in Don't Starve, which is odd because a tall bird is like this eldritch monstrosity with a, a single eye that just walks around on these towering legs and screams. Uh, but their <laughs> eggs, just these really pleasant sort of little blue numbers. All the food in Don't Starve, despite Clay having designed it to sort of look otherworldly and repulsive, actually has a pretty high hit rate of looking tasty, IMHO. There's like stuff called monster meat in the game, which you see as meat that comes out of monsters. And it's like this big purple hunk, kind of like a, oh, actually, oh, it's just a color-shifted green eggs and ham. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there is a meal you can eat where it's like monster meat and eggs. And yeah, it just looks good, man. I like bacon and eggs. I do actually really enjoy a fried egg, but I'm very, I will fly into a rage if there's any, I'll, I'll go full Will Smith. If there's any like mucus left on the top, I will stride in and slap the chef. Say, take those eggs out of your f- mouth. <laughs> They're really muddling up the the timeline of events there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm in a really good mood today. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, if if we're talking uh, appetizing eggs, I actually find the eggs in Minecraft very kind of appetizing because they look kind of weighty, you know, like they've got a good egg in them. And also... Can't you like just yeet them to spawn a chick? Yeah, I had to think it's quite good about Minecraft eggs, and there's a problem because everything you can get an egg of everything in Minecraft, and it's very odd because not everything can lay eggs, obviously, but you can spawn in an egg of any animal, and the egg like has spots and stuff that you know, between that and the main colour of the shell represent the colour palette of the animal, so you can see at a glance what it's of. And I think that's cool, but I just don't like it because donkeys have eggs. I imagine the smell after cracking open a donkey egg. <laughs> and that sounds like a euphemism for doing, like, a relationship-ending guff. <laughs> oh, I've cracked open a donkey egg. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I would not eat a scrambled donkey egg. I don't know. I was trying to think of an animal whose egg I wouldn't eat. Probably. Which of the Minecraft eggs would you go for, do you reckon? I I like the regular egg. I I wouldn't want to eat an egg that had come out of a person. 
No, fair. I think that would that would always be weird whenever I then met that person. Especially, I well, as long as maybe if they didn't bring it up, it'd be okay. But if they were like, "You ate my egg," I'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> can you not?" <laughs> You'd just be guzzling someone's period, which is very rude. <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! I mean, you you said it. Yeah, I was thinking more like a big like comedy egg. <laughs> <laughs> You know, oh, right. like an like ostrich egg. <laughs> but, <laughs> Jesus. You lose. Oh, Absolutely man. cursed. What <laughs> cursed podcast this is. Beast of Sunday. That's just dating a vampire, isn't it? Yeah. It's very hard to segue from that to like, what about the omelettes from Final Fantasy Fifteen? Well, what about them, Matthew? <laughs> well, they're photorealistic and they look tasty. They do, actually, yeah. Even the fried eggs, which I hate, look nice in that. Oh, yeah. That's got that's some, just... some tasty eggs. Um, photorealistic food is a, is a bold choice. They pull it off, though. But that's really it's... good. It's like the reward for getting the ingredients isn't just like the buff you get. It's you get to see what some poor b had to like model this amazing dish of food. Um, but it is great seeing it. So they really ensure you get a good, yeah, like lingering look at it. Yeah, definitely. It knows that like people are really there to see that food and, and enjoy it. And it like, I think it also feeds into the, the, the like the chef character in your party. You know, the fact that he cooks up these really magnificent looking dishes, that's almost like part of his character as well. He's very sort of yeah. fastidious. So like being able to really like luxuriate in his dishes is is a treat. Yeah, it's good as well, because if you don't have any ingredients, he will do the same kind of flair and then be like, ta-da, some toast. <laughs> it's very like wholesome. There's a game called Wobble Dogs. It's actually a, a kind of recent indie game which is about like breeding kind of weird oblong yeah they are dogs but they they sort of move like they're a puppet with several strings cut and they just kind of wobble around the place um but they have eggs and then you go into like a a little breeding screen where you can pick which traits you kind of want to um increase and you can give them like weird features and stuff how do you feel about a dog egg i mean that's that's, i mean that's famously a poo right It, well, it's not in the game. It's literal eggs. They they also no, poo. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat anything that came out of dog. You can just imagine it squatting and whining. <laughs> oh, I, I'm disgusting. <laughs> and yeah, uh, then you you couldn't get involved, could you? I'm really sorry. Everything I've said in this podcast was actually a statement made by Benedict Eggs, the inventor of eggs, and not by my only wholesome podcast member. He, he's a weird guy, that Benedict. <laughs> yeah, a bit sketchy. <laughs> Don't think you should have him back on. Okay, well, I think either Benedict or Nate has got to lead us down into the cavern of lies now. I shall do it. The cavern of eggs. (laughs) Okay. Good. He's so charismatic. (laughs) Uh, Right. What's What's in the cavern this week? Dare I ask? Do I need to ask? <laughs> uh, it's eggs. Um, <laughs> actually, it's quite distressing because this is a setup. So, right, you've seen Squid Game. Yeah. yeah. You know the glass bridge? Yeah. There's one of those. Okay. Okay. And more distressingly, you've both been transformed into eggs. Okay. Oh, no. You have arms and legs. They're sort of foamy. You know, um, Haribo sweets sometimes have that sort of foamy stuff on one side of them. Yeah. That's the texture of your arms and legs. It's unclear whether you have bones or not. Really upsetting. You don't want to be in these forms. Uh, And you've got to get across the bridge. Now, in the show Squid Game, the peril was that the the glass could crack. Here, the peril is that you might crack. Um, Ah. So the format is uh, there there are nine glass squares. And each of those has the name and description of one of the games in the catastrophically large Dizzy franchise inscribed on it. Um, 
And so I'll read each one out to you, and then one of you has to make the decision to either jump or shoot it with a revolver. And okay. basically, the way this will work is you've each got two lives. <laughs> like, and it's one of you jumping each time. Uh, if one of you gets one of them wrong, you die. You've got to get to the end. Does that make sense? Never mind. Let's go. Yeah. So we're trying to kill the fake Dizzy games. Uh, yeah. Well, you're just trying to, like, the revolver doesn't matter. You're trying to suss like, them out. Like Indiana Jones crossing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Spelling actually, out. Yeah. Let's change the whole Squid Game thing. It's Indiana Jones now. <laughs> okay. We've still got revolvers just in case. God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, someday I'm going to do like character sheets for Cavern of Lights. Indiana Jones oh. and the Cavern of Eggs. Oh, yeah, we should, for any listeners that don't know, Dizzy is an egg. <laughs> yeah, actually, brief background. Uh, you, the, you know the sort of unsettling homunculi that I've just described Alice and Matthew being turned into? That's what Dizzy is, only he wears boxing gloves and rolls around on the ground all the time. He was the protagonist of a mildly successful adventure game in the late 80s uh, which got way too many sequels many of which were produced completely chaotically with really confusing licensing issues making this an absolute goldmine for the cavern great <laughs> so first up it's dizzy prince of the yoke folk um, <laughs> no uh, come on <laughs> <laughs> ride the lightning my friends <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, this saw Dizzy's I suppose wife long term partner Daisy uh, be kidnapped yet again <laughs> but not this time by uh, Zax the evil wizard who's usually Dizzy's foe uh, but Mr. Rockwart the troll uh, other than that it's pretty much identical um, to the first and second Dizzy games. I th- okay. and uh, I think this one's real. I've definitely heard the phrase yoke folk. I probably said it in fairness. It, it does sound... It, the difficulty is, is that it sounds like the sort of pun that a game developer in the 90s would think was very funny. But it, but it also, also sounds, sounds like... what like... I would call birds. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, do you, okay, I'm happy to go with Matthew thinking it's real. Let's. All right, Matthew, you're going to leave. We're taking it turns. Yeah, I'm going to step onto the stone tablet or whatever the situation is. All right, you, you step on Dizzy Prince of the Yank Folk, because, yeah, yeah, it's Indiana Jones now, and God's face <laughs> comes out of, I don't know, like a letterbox or something and says, <laughs> well done. <laughs> Oh, you. Okay. Thank you. It's, just, it's just like Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Again, I just remember things very well. It's, just Sean, it's Sean Connery just outside the chamber, <laughs> shot on the ground, whispering all this. <laughs> yes. We need to. God comes out of the little box. <laughs> I love the fishy franchise. Um, we need to get get an egg and then crack it on this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's how this ends. Um, <laughs> We must heal <laughs> wounded Sean Connery. <laughs> Next, it's uh, Dizzy in The Labours of Humptulies, which is wild. Uh, again, are you ready? The evil wizard Zax has, guess what, kidnapped not just Daisy, but all of the Oak folk. Oh, God. All 12 of them, uh, and Im- imprisoned them in-, in situations of peril guarded by various sort of classical mythology-inspired monsters. Dizzy is among the Oak Folk captured this time. It's one of the. There are a number of Dizzy games where Dizzy isn't the protagonist. Here you're an ancient Greek egg called Humptules, uh, which is presumably some sort of play on Humpty Dumpty. And yeah, it's like the, the 12 tasks thing. An ancient okay. Greek egg. Well, he's got like... You know, like a golden fleece and like a curly oh, hairdo. No, okay. Be real. <laughs> this, this is this is my this is my go, isn't it? I'm going to say it's not real because you you had me until golden fleece, but that is too highbrow of a reference. Ah, oh, shit. For 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 a, a kind of like 80s 90s churned out egg game. <laughs> yeah, God slips out the letterbox again and gives you a grudging nod and. Okay, cool. You may continue. Okay. Uh, next up is 
1989's Quick Snacks, spelt K-W-I-K-S-N-A-X. No mention of Dizzy in the title. The wildest thing about Quick Snacks is that it was a sequel to Dizzy Fast Food, also released in 1989. If you wanted to get an idea of the absurd pace at which these games were made. <laughs> I mean, that's quite, a, that's quite a deep historical lore for a fake thing. And it's virtually the same game, but with a less comprehensible title. Okay. It sounds plausible. It does sound plausible. I, th- I, th- I, think, th- I think that one's real. How many of these are there, Nate? Uh, there's nine in total, so we probably ought to get a hop on. Who's okay. going to leap? I'll, I'll leap. I say this is real. God winks, you're through. Phew. Um, it's probably okay. quite blasphemous to make the almighty an NPC uh, throughout this, so I'm going to replace him with um, that old knight, Methuselah. Okay, yeah. Uh, who's also in the Bible, but not, not you know, the boss. So, okay, next is Untitled Dizzy Game, which was apparently produced, uh, or half produced, for the PlayStation 2, uh, somewhere in the middle of the 2000s, and mysteriously just stopped. And there are a bunch of, there were a bunch of CDs somewhere uh, just with Untitled Dizzy Game and this half-finished, like, demo slash half-completed game on, and it like there were situations where Codemasters, who put out a lot of the Dizzy games, did pretty much put out half finished games. So they were holding on to them, yeah, you know, with a view to maybe polishing them up and selling them on, but never happened. Uh, so there's just untitled Dizzy game, which I thought was funny because it's like the goose one. Okay, I I think I remember reading an article about this or something like it. So I'm gonna leap. Wow. That that old knight is giving you an old nod. You've done it. I, I can't believe you haven't died yet. Not me either, Good to job. be honest. Well, how about this? Try this for size. Run! Exclamation mark. Dizzy, run! Exclamation uh, mark. Notice there's no exclamation after the middle dizzy. So it's run. Dizzy, run! Uh, and this was really different to the other Dizzy games because up until a month before it was released, this was a an early survival horror game um, where you were in a labyrinth being pursued by axe-wielding murderers. Okay. Um, nothing uh... to do with Dizzy. It was a completely independent game, but this was 1992, and if you remember, Alone in the Dark was released that year and caused a massive media uproar. So it's widely established a lot of publishers abandoned horror projects, uh, but Codemasters, being the have-a-go heroes they were, just decided they would very, very, very quickly and dirtily (laughs) jam Dizzy into this, replace some of the assets, uh, and release it. So what you've got is a really like quite dreary and unsettling labyrinth game uh, with a, a, a very sort of out of place dizzy in it i do not envy you this one matthew this is tough it's some incredibly deep lore on this if it's a lie it's it's pretty conv- i i i could i think i could see this happening i'm gonna say this is real and make the leap oh no the old knight gets no. out ye oldy revolver and shoots you <laughs> oh my god i don't remember that in the film uh, amazingly, the story was true, uh, but it was an Aladdin game, and it wasn't a maze. So there, oh, well, there were mazes, but yeah, it was an Aladdin game that just had Dizzy slapped on. Well, there we go. Uh, Matthew's got one life left. Dizzy Pushkin's Panic. <laughs> so this was... Shut up. It was one of the puzzle games in the franchise. This was, I think, 1990... Uh, so they'd had the first slew of successful adventure games and were doing a load of puzzle spin-offs uh, with underwhelming secondary characters from the series. So this involved moving a big wall left or right so that shapes could pass through appropriately shaped holes. And to do this was a large, muscular Russian egg called Pushkin because he pushes things. I That's it. That's the game. 
Given we're trying to be a bit more quickfire, I'm going to say that is fake based on the fact it's called Pushkin's Planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Only three more to go. Okay. Wibble World Giddy. Is <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, man. Which was a 1993 public domain game for the Amiga that somehow, well, I was going to say somehow didn't get sued out of existence, but if, you know, the Codemasters legal department was as together as their scheduling team, uh, all bets are off. It was a carbon copy of, of like, I think the second Dizzy game, which is meant to be the best one, uh, starring Giddy, an egg. Uh, it's identical to Dizzy, apart from one brilliant fact. Instead of wearing boxing gloves, he simply had enormous hands. Right? Yeah. That was it. Other than that, it's Dizzy too. Uh, I feel the name. He's got a lot of the tough ones. I think that I think uh, uh, this this sounds too natty. I think this is fake. You bet your life on it. I bet my life on it. Oh, you jump onto the stone and it transforms into the face of Methuselah, the ancient knight, who opens his mouth and swallows you whole. Oh, no! I'll never save my dad, Sean Connery. (laughs) Sean Connery expires. Well, no, no, he's still clinging on. Uh, Alice has got got a chance. I've got got both my loaves left, so... And two stones. Ooh, better better not get them both wrong. Okay. Um, this is Dreamworld Pogi. <laughs> so again, a secondary character spin-off. And I'm well, I'm gonna not use my own words here, but the words of <laughs> UK film and TV and game blog Goblin and Sausage, uh, which describes Pogi as a small purple fluffy thing who hangs around with the yoke folk, seems to be on Dizzy's side. Not sure what it is, let alone what it likes. Uh, uh, and it got a game in 1992. I'm, I'm saying it's fake because that blog also sounds like something you have made up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a bold play. Coming up with like a nonsense <laughs> blog to support a nonsense game. But it's called Goblin and Sausage. <laughs> well, at this point, Indiana Jones is going to turn to camera, take off his hat so he looks a bit more like Han Solo and say, it's true, all of it. So you've got one what? life remaining, Alice. Yep. Okay, okay. Goblin okay, and Sausage. Right. Real blog. Dream Shout World out Goblin Pogi. and Sausage. <laughs> Dream World Pogi. A battle okay, cry okay. of a generation, that. All right, okay. it all rests on this. This is, now this is a real oddity I've saved for last. Uh, this is Dizzy Traitor Trouble. Uh, and <laughs> Okay was released for iOS and Android in 2011 uh, and is the only game I can think of that's a remake of a game that wasn't released. So Traitor Trouble uh, was one of the like barely four game-sized sequels. I think it was like after Dizzy 4, which would have been around 1990. And it revolved around birds attacking the Oak Folk. Or, like, you know, the enemies were birds rather than the evil magician. And the idea was because they had hatched and become birds, they were traitors to the oak folk, uh, which is quite Ooh. dark when you really get into it. But yeah, the game was shelved before being finished, uh, and the assets were bought up by some fly by night mobile game developer uh, and updated graphics and released in 2011. Uh, and the funniest thing was it was sort of, to the extent it was marketed, it was pitched as a nostalgia thing. Like, you know, relive classic Dizzy adventures, only this was a classic Dizzy adventure that had never happened. Oh, okay. What do you think, Matthew? I need your help on this one. He's dead. Unless you've got a Ouija board, and I don't see that on your character sheet. You can you can hear Sean Connery shouting from the entrance hall, Sounds true to me. Really? Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. I was thinking there's a... It's too detailed to be fake. But the the details are quite vague, like it was bought out by some fly-by-net. What was the name of the company that bought it, Nate? Uh, Hold on, I'll tell you. Right. That is... um, uh, They were called... uh... Yeah. (laughs) Okay, there we go. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, well, I happen what to know that the app. 
<laughs> the app store yeah. lists all its developers. So I'm saying this is fake. <laughs> I'm saying it's fake because because I the the concept just seemed a bit too dark, and the name Traitor Trouble. Yeah, I'm. Oh, you you win this time again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I so nearly had it with that last one. I should have thought of a developer name. You really did. And you nearly had me with the Greek one as well. <laughs> if you'd said that it was, was an a... egg wearing a toga, that would have worked. But... An absolutely cla- classic Tobias Beckford mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did Beckford myself before I wreckford myself pretty badly. <laughs> Quick, that's, that's, I've got to hurry back and crack an egg into Sean Connery's gunshot wound. <laughs> Well, let's get out of here, Scoob. All right, that is just about all we have time for on this week's uh, Electronic Wireless Show podcast, episode 182, The Best Eggs in Games. Well pivoted, everyone. Um, And... Some brief housekeeping. We are doing another um, support post only supporters only podcast next week uh we recorded one before i moved as well i haven't put it up yet because it is on the hard drive of a computer that is currently not in the same country as me so uh as soon as i get that we will put up the the previous nate files episode as well but yes thank you for bearing with me on that one and thank you very much for bearing with us the lost nate file it's the tiny tiny animals oh yes bang on that one yeah, but yeah, that was episode 182, and all the stuff now is for recommendations because we recommend everything. Uh, each week, we recommend something that is not a video game. Imagine if we recommended everything in the world. Matthew, what are you recommending this week? Um, I don't think we've recommended it before, but it's a bit mainstream. It's a bit obvious. I'm going to recommend Severance on Apple TV or Apple Plus, which is the much talked about Ben Stiller dystopian workplace comedy set in a. Mm-hmm world where people can pay to have a procedure where they basically chop a bit of their brain off so when they go to work uh oh, i can't really explain it you're basically you, you <laughs> switch you switch into a second personality when you're at work so the the you in the outside world doesn't know what they do at work and can, can sort of like you know doesn't have the time of working and then they kind of switch back to themselves at the end of the day and it's all about interesting oh that's a really terrible description of that show it's just it's just really really quirky. It's got like office office workplace banter comedy, but also an incredibly sinister kind of like mystery behind it all as well. It's really good. Genuinely yeah, intrigued. And I hadn't heard uh, about that now. Oh well. I'd heard of it recently because everyone was like, it's amazing, it should get loads of awards. So I will check yeah, it out. It's, it ends on absolute doozy, you see, so everyone's really pumped uh, for series two. I'm gonna recommend a series on Netflix called Old Enough which is apparently a long-running sort of reality show uh, in Japan and one uh, one series of, um, I think, like 12 or 30, maybe 15 episodes is on Netflix now. Each episode is between sort of 10 or 20 minutes long uh, and it is toddlers, like aged between sort of two and a half to like six. Each episode, a toddler goes and does an errand for their parents Uh by themselves just followed by a camera crew and it's the cutest thing in the world i highly recommend it it's really really sweet um it couldn't be done in the uk because the child would be immediately run over or nonced within about like oh jesus (laughs) five minutes but it's so cute it's just kids like walking to the shop and then trying to remember what their mum asked them to get and stuff and one episode has a kid carrying he i think had the hardest task he had to carry some fish to um, get them made into sashimi and then walk back up this really steep hill where his family live with shopping and stuff. And that sequence of him walking back up the hill is amazing. I saw to Graham about it and he was like, this this one episode is better than any Marvel film. You know, Scorsese would accept it as cinema. Like, it's so good. So you say it's on that. Netflix? Yeah. Yeah. Old enough. Love it. Nate, what are you recommending this week? Uh, so we decided to take Tally for a first theatre trip last week and took her to Dear Zoo live. If you remember, 
Dear Zoo, it's a book about a young boy who asks a zoo to send him animals and he rejects them each in turn for being inconvenient to his lifestyle before they finally <laughs> send him a bloody dog. So, yeah, like obviously a lot of children's theatre is quite stultifying for adults. This was great. It was it was very well produced. Tally had a lovely time. But we were pissing ourselves laughing because... When you take a concept like that, like a children's book concept for a very simple children's book, and turn it into like 50 minutes of theatre acted out on stage, it's completely bizarre. Um, (laughs) And I think the actors realised this and were leaning into it a bit. The zookeeper was a man called Sam, who was weirdly dressed like an extra from a like from 1917 he looked really world war one and did actually sort of have you know the the air of a very distressed world war one survivor who's gone mad and started stealing animals from a zoo to deliver to a young boy that was our head cannon anyway and it made the whole thing massively entertaining excellent i think it's on okay. tour <laughs> okay dear zulo lovely uh well thank you very much for joining us today john cadbury <laughs> Uh, thank you for having me. Um, did you? Uh, yeah, fit, I completely did you forgot who that's who I was. I haven't got a bit prepared. Um, <laughs> please keep eating my eggs. We'll do. We'll do. And thanks, Benedict. Eggs, please don't come back. No, the pleasure was all yours. <laughs> Great. Uh, and thank you, listener, for bearing with us. Uh, you can uh, find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, or uh, YouTube. Just search Rock Paper Shotgun. You can email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can join the Discord. The link's in the show notes. Uh, and of course, for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from <laughs> John Cadbury. And it's goodbye from Benedict Eggs. Piss Bye. Off. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>